Hi, everyone, and thanks again for being with us for this podcast. In previous podcasts, we have been talking broadly about DHS as an organization and several aspects of the work that we're doing, both in central office and the field. And today, we're going to start a new series of podcasts to get into each individual program within DHS and how each program is managing and dealing with this new environment that we are all facing. To kick off this new series, we are going to start with our vocational rehabilitation program. It's a very important program within the range of services that DHS provides to our clients, uh, consumers, and service recipients. It provides some of the most meaningful type of work and assistance to those people who need the VR services. We all know that work gives us meaning and quite often we find our purpose and our calling in life through the work that we do. And in times where either through a disability or through an incident in life that brings us to a point where we cannot do the work that we historically used to do, we could feel pretty lost. We could feel like life has lost its meaning. And to find that passion again, to find the work that we've been called to do, we sometimes need assistance to do that. And that's where VR comes in, to help us if we are disabled, if we are not able to do what we have done previously, to help us with tools, with mechanisms, with assistance, with guidance, to get us back on that path of feeling useful again, feeling that we can take control of our, our lives, and that's why it is such an important program. With me today is the director of our VR program, Keith Ozels, and I'm going to ask him to briefly talk about the important work that this program does. Welcome, Keith. Thanks, Fairbors. Vocational Rehabilitation's mission is to assist Oregonians with disabilities to achieve, maintain, and advance in employment and independence. And VR does that through partnerships with Oregonians with disabilities to gain employment through a variety of services that are designed to assist them in identifying and mitigating the functional limitations created by their disability. And so our work is really to work with them on their preference, skills, interest, and being able to identify employment goals that they come to through informed choice. In our program, we have about 300 employees, and of those, 139 are VR counselors that work directly with clients and are able to assist them with that counseling and guidance to be able to identify those employment goals. Our program is unique in that this year, in 2020, VR is turning 100 years old. It's one of the oldest federal programs in the country, and we're honored to be able to be celebrating this year and to continue to innovate. And I think that's one of the reasons why this program is so long-lasting, because it is something that has been able to innovate and make changes and be able to adapt to different challenging environments and situations, just like we're in today. Thank you, Keith, and congrats to VR for its 100-year anniversary. That's fairly impressive. We all remember March 23rd when the governor's stay-at-home order went into effect. And I remember that VR was one of our most robust programs that immediately put that into place. You had most, if not all, of your counselor working remotely from home 
fairly impressive how quickly you adapted as a program and put these things in place. Can you share with us how VR has changed its service delivery model in this new world? Yeah, I definitely can. And I really owe this to our field staff and being able to move into that virtual environment in a non-contact service delivery model because they have been able to, with the, the resources and technology, be able to move into that environment and stay connected to the clients that we serve and be able to communicate with them and be that reassuring voice, letting them know that in this time of challenge, that we are there for them to help them through the obstacles we face today, and more importantly, to be able to identify how we can continue services and get them the resources that they need as the executive order is either lifted or relaxed or whatever comes in our future. I think that our staff will be able to help our clients navigate those interesting times that we have ahead. I know that this new environment is something that we're not used to. We are connecting with our consumers, with our clients through the web, through media, through Zoom, etc. So I would imagine that this is also very different for those people who are receiving your services. What have you heard about what's working well for them versus what they're struggling with or maybe challenging with this new world where you can't actually sit with someone in a room face to face and talk about your needs? The things that we're hearing from our clients is a lot of uh, relief that there are people connecting to them. As you know, many people are staying home. They feel disconnected from community, from employment, from the meaningful aspects of life. And now that our counselors and our staff are reaching out to them, they are providing that voice of hope and giving them something to think about, to plan for, to be able to look forward to in the future in terms of being able to get reconnected to employment, to focus on their goals in the future, and to identify training and other resources that they may need to come out of this pandemic and really to address their concerns at a really human level and be able to meet their needs as a human to human, but then also to be concrete about the ways that we are problem solving with them and working directly with them. Another example of the way that we've been able to meet this is that our training unit has been able to create virtual communities of practice for our staff so they can come together and have peer mentoring and work together to address specific needs of populations for people who experience disabilities and being able to best serve those individuals in a person-centered strategy and approach. Keith, uh, I know that your program uh, was the first program within DHS that practically started operating remotely and honored that stay-at-home order. Can you help us understand how you're keeping your workforce socially connected while they're physically distant from the workplace and from their clients that they serve? Sure. Um, you know, our counselors are trained in that human connection element, and it's been a shift to move to that working virtually. And some of the ways that our um, regional managers and managers have mitigated that is that they've worked closely with their teams and in virtual huddles to do things that are creative and fun to offer up each week. One example is that they'll say, submit a word that is something that represents your feeling about this word. So they've had things like connection, peace, fun, strategy, and joy, and strength. And they will share those pictures and create a word collage and, and then also have a list of a description for some of our staff members who are visually impaired that they can then see this, this way that there's overlap and connectivity and they share out about this. 
This is one example of where I'm extremely proud of my staff and what they've been able to accomplish in working in this new environment. They have, as uh, teams, they have identified all of these different assessments that they can utilize online and opening up opportunities where people can stay safe at home but still be engaged in career exploration and be engaged in other workforce activities like going on to iMatch and being able to apply for services. And having that VR counselor or staff member be able to be with them to help them through that and help navigate some of these complicated systems it has been a sense of relief that our clients have expressed over and over that they have a partner in this, that they're working together with somebody who has their best interest in mind. So I think that's somewhere where it is working very well. And in fact, we've even had some of our clients that need to have assessments. So something like a neuropsych evaluation, we are now embarking on doing that through teletherapy and telehealth and being able to have different assessments conducted in a virtual environment so we don't have to unreasonably expose our clients to risk and danger. Well, that's wonderful to hear. And clearly this pandemic is teaching us some new lessons. I also know that we cannot do this work in vocational rehabilitation without our providers. And I know that this has created a significant hardship for them. How are the providers doing in this environment of basically stay at home where economies shut down or where they may not be getting the type of regular business that they have been getting in the past? How are they doing and how are they surviving this environment? Yes, it's a challenging time for our providers and, and for all Oregonians in this, this uh, stay-at-home, uh, save-lives uh, executive order, which is keeping people safe, but it is having an impact on their, uh, their business model. So we are reaching out to our providers to let them know that we need them. We are going to rely on them when we move into the reemployment phase more than we can imagine. We have so many Oregonians who experience disability right now who were in positions where they lost their jobs but are ready to start working again. So we are working with our providers to let them know that we want to think creatively with them about what can we do virtually in terms of that delivery of, of services that we can contract with them on. And we're also working at a federal level to advocate for more flexibilities and waivers with our federal funding so we can think more creatively and be able to work with those community-based providers that are so essential in our service delivery. So we're hopeful that through this advocacy and through this creative problem solving with our providers, we will come to a position that we will be stronger coming out of this pandemic and we will be able to build capacity in our provider network and we will be able to continue working with them in this new environment and we will receive uh, flexibilities or waivers from our federal funders to be able to approach some of the new challenges that we're facing as a program. We all heard the governor just a few days ago talking about reopening Oregon and reopening the economy in a gradual and very thoughtful and structured way. So hopefully our providers will get back to work sooner than later because I know preserving the provider network is important to all of us. So looking ahead, as we look at opening things back up, what would you like your team to know and what would you like the rest of us to know about this process? I think what I want people to know is that the overwhelming response we're having from clients and from our providers is that 
people who experience disabilities have a place in the workforce and our clients want to go back to work. This is something that is a meaningful activity of life and our program is in a unique position where we can really make that talent pipeline to connect people with skills and abilities to jobs that are meaningful to them and really serve employers' needs to be able to diversify their workforce. So by that creative approach and working with individuals who experience disabilities and connecting them to those employers who are seeking to hire individuals from diverse backgrounds, we are a vital piece and partner in that work. And we're excited to get back to work. We're excited for that opportunity. We want to make sure we do it in a safe and meaningful and purposeful way. And we will do that with our staff and with our providers and obviously with our clients. Thank you, Keith, for spending this time with us today and helping us learn about what you're doing, how you're managing through this pandemic, and um, how you're leading this very important program within Oregon Department of Human Services. And with those of you who are listening, thank you so much again for being with us. This pandemic, as I said, is teaching us a lot. We are learning, we are, there are challenges, and there are opportunities. So we'll continue this conversation with other program areas, hopefully to help all of us better understand how DHS as a whole is still moving forward during this pandemic with the goal of serving all of our clients, the over 1.1.5 million Oregonians that we serve every day, and ultimately become a better organization. Thanks again, and we'll talk soon.